to Say It Southern. Aspiring to live not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it Southern. Elizabeth High School lives in Oxford, Mississippi, where she and her husband have raised three beautiful girls and a lot of vegetables. There she maintains her catering company, Elizabeth High School Catering. Raised in the Mississippi Delta, today she's telling us the story of how she got from Oxford Square to Times Square and all the hilarious stops in between. Join us now as we say it Southern with the hysterical, unbridled, unfiltered Elizabeth High School. You know, I was one of these kids that, you know, didn't do very well in school at all. Um, You know, now we know that I had severe attention deficit. And, um, but at the time, you know, my parents were completely checked out and could have cared less. And so I just always thought I was just not very smart. And so school was really difficult for me, but I love to work. Um, and so when I was in high school, I got the opportunity. My mom is an incredible artist and she had a friend who, um, owned a catering company in Memphis called another roadside attraction catering. And, um, anyway, so when I was in high school, I started working for her and loved it. I mean, Karen was doing the wildest, biggest weddings. She was doing stuff that people are just now starting to do. Um, you know, and that was, God, that was 25, 26 years ago. Anyway, she was amazing. And so I would always come back and work with her for what, um, you know, when it's holidays, so Thanksgiving, Christmas, things like that. And um, while I was in school and then I ended up coming back to Memphis, I, I basically did a big SEC college tour and I went to all of these different schools thinking that it was the school that I hated, that particular school. And then I would go to another school, and I didn't like that much either. And then I would go to another one, and that one really wasn't working out either. And um, so I finally landed at Memphis State, and um, I was supposed to be, you know, just kind of going to school. And then I started working more, started working more. And then once I finished with school, I um, was still with Karen and was you know, just looking for a real job, you know, because it never occurred to me that this could be a real job. Right. Uh, kind of something fun that I did. And so I ended up, instead of finding a real job, I found a real husband and um, got married. (laughs) And so that was going to be it. I mean, I I was going to have children. I was going to work in the home. You know, I was going to, I don't know, play tennis or do bridge or something like that. I hadn't really thought it through. And, um, but then I kept doing that and Started, you know, had my first child, and my best friend Jensen moved back to um, Memphis from Chattanooga, and so she would come over every day, and we would have so much fun. And I, you know, I had Stott there, which is my first baby, and we would drink coffee, and then we'd go eat lunch, and we'd hang out, and we'd run errands. And um, finally, her husband was sick of this, and he was like, "Jensen, you, you've got to get a job." <laughs> <laughs> and so. She would, you know, it was so bad that she would go on interviews, job interviews. I would sit in the car and I'd wait on her with Scott and Parsi. I mean, I, I, and then we would go eat lunch or go do whatever we were doing. So finally, I was like, this is ridiculous. I said, you don't need to get a job. I said, we just need to figure this out. So 
I came up with this idea called instead of flowers. So basically, instead of, you know, taking flowers to somebody that had died or had a baby or was sick, we would do these fabulous meals for them. Um, and so that was our first business. Of course, our husbands called it instead of a job because, you know, <laughs> when we're and we would, you know, we worked very little in the beginning and um, we did a lot of TV watching. We would, um, you know, <laughs> I'll, I want to work there. Is there yeah. Are you still accepting? <laughs> yeah, it still really was. It was super, super fun. Um, Instead of a job. And so, but, you know, it's kind of funny how all, all things sort of come back. But, um, and so we would watch the Today Show every day. And um, that was how we would start our day. We would do that. And then we would listen to Dr. Laura Schlesinger on the radio when we had to go to the thing. And I, do y'all know who that woman is? She's crazy. Dr. Crazy Laura is the one, like, Yeah. You know, she's like a nut job. I mean, not a nut, but she's real conservative and whatever. Anyway, so we listened to Dr. Laura. And um, and that was our day. But and so that's when um, the Today Show kind of came onto the scene. And I we were watching, and um, Martha Stewart was on. It was right before Thanksgiving. And she did the Thanksgiving turkey. And it was just ridiculous. I mean, it was so underwhelming. I mean, just like nothing. And so I said, you know, Jitsi, I said, I'm going to be on that Today Show one day. I said, yeah, girl. I'm going to do my grandmother's pillowcase turkey. I said, because the world needs to know about that. Now, that's a turkey. You know, that's that's a Today Show worthy turkey. And she was like, yeah, that is. I mean, that would be great. And so she was like, yeah, that's an awesome idea. And um, so anyway, so then we just kept on with our business. And slowly that kind of morphed into a catering company. Um, and the instead of flowers sort of fizzled. And then it became, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger. And then Luke and I moved to the Delta. And so Jensi and I kind of parted ways. And again, I was planning on just, um, having, you know, raising my children because at that point I had three girls and, um, you know, then it was that thing of, Oh, it, you know, you, you can do this at the church. You know, you're so good at that. And then, you know, you do that. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, well, can you do this? Well, can you do this? And then all of a sudden I was back in full force. Um, and then I started working at Viking Range Corporation hired me to come and teach cooking classes, which was amazing in Greenwood. And um, and so anyway, so it just kind of, you know, kept kept evolving. And um, and then we were approached by this couple, Sandy and Ann Sharp, and they wanted us to start a vegetable farm. Um, so at the time, we were literally just sitting in Cleveland. Luke was building houses. Um, we He had just built me the house my dreams. I mean, ridiculous house because I lived in rental after rental after rental. I mean, you cannot even imagine the places that I was living. And it was just, you know, it was like the cobbler's children that have no shoes. This yes. The, you know, the builder's wife who has no house. Mm -hmm. And I finally, I found out that he was, cause he always said, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm too busy. I don't have time. And so, um, he is a huge duck hunter. And I found out that he was midway through building a 10-bedroom duck mansion. You found out. What do you mean you found out? I didn't know he was building it over at the hunting camp. Uh-uh. A 10-bedroom house for him and his 10 friends, or however many friends are in this duck club. Uh, when I found out. And you stayed with him? No, I said either I'm going to get a house or I'm going to get a divorce, and that's it. <laughs> Those are your top five. I want to take care of this. So anyway, we ended up, I had the home of my dreams. Life was fantastic. I mean, I was going to live and die in that house. I had two Viking dishwashers. I had the biggest refrigerator they sold, and I had an ice maker. And that was all I needed in this world. I, I didn't need it. 
so anyway, he came home and started talking one day about his friends, Sandy and Ann Sharp and this vegetable farm they had in Louisiana. And I, I mean, I'd heard about it because it was amazing. They were growing these really beautiful vegetables and selling them to restaurants in New Orleans, basically bringing the farmer's market straight to the chef's doors. Um, and, but then it was, they ran the business like a big box, Cisco or Benny Keith. I mean, you didn't have to pay them cash. They had, you know, 30 to 40 different varieties on the truck. I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing. And so he kept talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And I was just like, look, I, I have no idea why in the hell you were here talking to me about this. I mean, I, why do you keep bringing this up? And he said, well, I mean, they're looking for somebody that really knows the restaurant market in Memphis and Oxford and that area. And, um, you know, and somebody that really knows how to grow vegetables and, um, just on and on. I was, just, I was like, Luke, what, what does this have to me? I, I, I just, and he goes, what, Elizabeth, he goes, I can grow the vegetables. You can sell the vegetables. It'll be amazing. You know, there's this great place in Oxford. And I was just like, you have absolutely lost your damn mind. I said, there is no way that I'm leaving everything to go over there and start a vegetable farm. And, um, so he wouldn't leave it alone. And finally, he just said, okay, look, just at least go over to Oxford and see the property, you know, that they want us to partner with. And then we can go down and, you know, maybe look at their farm. So we came over here to Oxford and we looked at this place and we got out onto the farm. And it's just a really beautiful kind of rolling hills with some lakes. And at the back of it, there's this big house that when you squinted, it kind of looked like Tara. And... Um, <laughs> So I was like, well, maybe it isn't so bad. And um, anyway, so then we went down to Husser and their farm down in Husser, Louisiana, and started um, looking at their vegetables. And they started pulling vegetables out of the ground. And it, it was things that I had only seen in magazines. I mean, this was before, yeah, there was no Whole Foods on every damn corner. There was no fresh market to go run to to find your Geoga beets or your Red Bank spin. I mean, there was nothing. Mm. And, um, Anyway, so I we left there that day, and I said, that's it. Let's put the house on the market. We're going to do it. And Yeah, I know. Is that not insane? Yeah. So we came over here. We started the farm. That house that looked like Tara, it had black jacuzzi tubs. Oh. <laughs> it black and it had oak cabinetry. Oh. That is not I for cried. Scarlett. I have never, honey, I felt like Scarlett up in that house. I've never cried. So for, I mean, an entire year I cried. It was the hardest year of my life. I mean, I literally, I mean, it took us to our knees. It was so hard. I mean, we, you know, we, we over planted. I mean, he, he planted a football field of squash. Mm. I mean, you've never seen so much squash. You could not imagine what in the hell that looks like. It is terrifying. I mean, we would, we, when we first got to Oxford, everybody was, oh, look at the new couple, you know, and they would invite us over, and finally we stopped getting invitations, and I said, I was like, Luke, what is going on? We're not getting invited anywhere anymore. I said, what in the hell have you done? Because, Elizabeth, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the fact that when you go anywhere, you bring four cases of squash and won't take it back. I mean, <laughs> I would, like, pull into our neighbor's yards at night with my lights off and throw squash on their front porch and then, like, ease out with, you know, the, 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 the car, you know, not turning the car motor on. It's horrible. Um, but it, you know, and then we thought the squash was bad until the tomatoes came in and that just, it, 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 we were scared to go to sleep at night because that's when the tomatoes ripen and we would pick, I mean, we would pick 
thousands of pounds a day. And I was selling the vegetables. I would go up to Memphis in this prison van that he had bought me. <laughs> and it really was a prison van. No, I'm not, I'm not shitting y'all. It had, it had bars on the windows. It had locks on the doors. It was horrific. It had no air conditioning. And it was the middle of summer. You cannot imagine anything worse. And what would you just what, strap the kids in the back and go? No, no, I left them at home. They would stay at home and run around the farm. You know, at that point they were, let's see, Stott was in the sixth grade. Lucia was in the third grade and Mary Pax was in the fourth grade. So, you know, so they were able to kind of fend for themselves and I had babysitters, but, um, anyway, so, oh no, there was no room. No, there was no strapping nothing. I mean, all the seats have been taken out. It was completely. <laughs> shell and um so he called me one day and he was like you've got to get home you've got to get home and I said I am on my way home like I'm coming he was like well you need to hurry I was like well this damn thing only got 48 miles an hour and I'm getting there as fast as I can and so finally I I got home and uh he pushed like tries to show me the tomato room which is a room that we had in the barn that had all of the tomatoes in it. And it was just shelves. And then the middle was just empty. It was just floor to ceiling. And um, I could not even hardly get the door open. And when I finally did, there was no room to move. There were so many tomatoes in this room. I've never, I mean, it was crate after crate, box after box of tomatoes, thousands of pounds of tomatoes in there. And he said, I swear to God, he said, if you don't sell these, I'm going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well... I mean, I didn't want to bring it up then because he seemed like he was on an edge. But, I mean, he was the one that went and planted 10,000 tomato plants. I told him to be too many. But, anyway, so so I only had, like, 10 restaurants that were buying for me. There was nothing, nothing I could do with all those tomatoes. And so, finally, he um, – <laughs> I said, well, the only thing I can do is call wholesalers. And he said, that's fine. Just call wholesalers. Just dump them. At least they won't go bad on us. And so um, I started calling all these wholesalers, and I mean, nobody needed, wanted, everybody had had a great year of tomatoes, and um, I mean, everyone had called, they're like, no, no, ma'am, we got, we got plenty of tomatoes, we don't need any tomatoes, no, it's a good year, we don't need tomatoes, everybody, no, we're good on tomatoes. Finally, I called this one last woman, and I mean, I just was not going to hang up, I'd already decided I was not going to hang up until she let me come up there. And, um, and so she started with the same thing, ma'am, no, we don't need any tomatoes. We are good on tomatoes. We got all we need. And I was like, well, ma'am, I understand that. But I mean, we have 30 different varieties of tomatoes and we have every color under the sun. We have green ones. We have striped ones. We have yellow tomatoes and on and on and on. She's like, ma'am, that's nice. But look, we don't need any tomatoes. We just, you know, really don't need any tomatoes. And I said, I mean, I just lost it. I mean, this poor woman thinks, I mean, I'm sure she thinks I'm nuts, but I was like, I know. I mean, I understand. I don't, I don't need tomatoes either. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I got tomatoes. I don't need tomatoes. I know what the feeling's like to not need these tomatoes, but I got them in my husband. He says, don't kill himself. And I mean, I, I got three babies and I mean, three girls and they're precious. And I, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these tomatoes. And finally, I mean, she just kept saying, ma'am, ma'am. And I would not stop, like was not going to stop. And so she said, look, she said, I tell you what, she said, I'm not, I'm not telling you that I'm going to, you know, that Barry's going to buy any, but at least, you know, I can get you a meeting with Barry. And I said, okay, that's fine. That's all I need. And I had heard a lot about Barry who ran the easy way produce. And, you know, I mean, he was, he was pretty horrible. I mean, he was a sexist, terrible cheated on his wife. I mean, just God awful pig of a man. And so honey, I ran upstairs and I got my daughter who was at the time, I guess she was about 14. I got her shortest shorts and baby, I put those on 
And I got my tightest top, and we filled that prison van with all those tomatoes, and I went to town. <laughs> and uh, We're dying. Anyway, so I get there, and Barry, I hop out of that van, and uh, Barry comes out there, and he's looking at me, and I said, oh, Barry, would you like to see my tomatoes? <laughs> and he said, yeah. He said, I would. And I said, I figured you'd say that. And uh, so anyway, so I unloaded that van, and I'm telling you, I mean, it was every, Barry, aren't these the most beautiful tomatoes you've ever seen? And I mean, I was bending over, I mean, it was ridiculous. By the time I got through unloading that whole van, barely, Barry, I swear to God, the man was shaking. He could barely even write that check for $7,000, and he took every damn one of them. Uh-uh. And, um, yeah, oh my God, it was the greatest, it was the greatest thing ever. You cannot even imagine what that felt like to drive back with that empty van. And um, Anyway, so then, you know, of course, Luke, the next day, we had that many tomatoes, and he was like, okay, so you can call Barry, and I was like, I'm done calling Barry. Yeah. I did that one time. I am not prostituting myself out to sell these tomatoes. <laughs> and um, anyway, so we finally, I mean, I, I did go up a couple more times, but I didn't I didn't do the Barry show. Thank God I had somebody else that was there to help me sell them or buy them. But anyway, so then we started, um, I mean, I was canning them. I was stewing them. I was freezing them. I was giving them away. I was doing everything I possibly could with these tomatoes. And then I would just drink vodka straight on my porch at night. I mean, it was that bad. And I would sit there on that big porch and that big house and just cry and drink vodka. And um, and so finally Luke came by one day and he goes, you know, there are people in this world that like other things in their vodka besides ice. And um, you've got all those tomatoes out there. Why don't you start making Bloody Mary mix? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so that's where the debutante farmer Bloody Mary mix was born, and so we started real easy, slow. I mean, I just started, you know, cooking them down with onions and garlic and spices, and then pressing them. So the deal is, is that it takes a shit ton of tomatoes to make, you know, just a, a small amount of juice to come out. So I was able to use a ton of them, and um, so we started canning it and giving it away, and then we started canning it and selling it, and then we started selling so much that we could keep up and. Um, and so that's where the debutante farmer came from. And so that's a, a product that now is sell, sold um, all over the United States, lots of gift shops. Amazon carries it. Um, and so it's just kind of one of those things we always say that life gave us, what is it? No, life gave us tomatoes and we made Bloody Mary mix. Um, <laughs> hey, I've got it in my pantry right now. It's, it's, yeah. it's serious. My daddy says life, <laughs> never mind. I can't say that. I forget. Y'all are taping this. I shouldn't be cussing. I'm sorry. I tend to cuss a little bit more than most people. Hey, <laughs> you're unbridled. We, we like it. We like it. I mean, what... How, okay, so debutante for, farmer is born. And then when did you figure out, like... Okay, connect us to... You started catering then? Are you still a farmer? Or how... Okay, so... Okay, so that was the deal. So I had... Um, I never stopped catering. So when we moved back and the children were little, I started back catering. While I was at Viking, I still had my catering company. When we got to Oxford, though, I did take a break from it so that I could really focus on the farm. And um, at the point that I was about to run Luke over with the vegetable van, I, was, I hated him so much. And we were we did not work well together at all. So I decided it was time for me to go back to catering. I mean, I was just, it was just too much. And, um, and so I ended up, we redid a barn that was on the property and turned that into my catering kitchen. So I started catering again. 
And, um, and then of course had the farm there, which was amazing. And we would go and pick and take vegetables and, you know, we would steal vegetables from the farm and because we didn't want to pick them ourselves. We just wanted to go in the coolers and get what they had picked. Yeah. So anyway, it was really, we were terrible, but anyway, we had a great time. And so, um, and so the catering just continued on from there. At this point, were you still thinking today show I'm coming for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I mean, I had always, I'd never let that go. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's, it was something that, um, that I would think about often. Um, you know, I would see him in the morning on, the, on, on TV and I'd be like, I'm coming, you know, good morning coworkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when I worked at Viking, Martha Foose had just written her book, Screen mm-hmm. Door and Sweet Tea, mm-hmm. and she worked with me. And so she got on Good Morning America twice. One time it was canceled. She was up there and it got canceled. And then the other time she was on. And so it really kind of, you know, working with somebody, being that close to somebody and seeing that they got on, it was like, well, shit, I mean, this can work. Like this might happen. happen. And then that just added more fuel to it. And I didn't know how I was going to get on. I didn't know when I was going to get on. Um, And I never let that get in the way of of dreaming about it. Um, You know, those are the, those are seriously the ways that dreams get killed is if you start getting into the how and the who and the why. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you only focus on where you want to be and all the fun stuff, then all that works itself out. So anyway, so that was it. So, um, we were at the farm and I was catering again and I got a call from, um, a client of mine that had donated a substantial amount of money to the, um, to Roanoke and which is William Faulkner's home. It's also the university museum. And so he was allowed to have 10, 12 people to a dinner, um, they are in William Faulkner's home and I was going to cook in the kitchen. And I found out that Andy Lack was going to be one of the guests. Well, Andy Lack um, had been president of NBC when Matt Lauer was hired. He actually made that hire. And then um, he had retired and gone on to do amazing, amazing things. And so NBC was hiring him back to take back over. This was a Thursday and he was taken back over on that Monday. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so, I mean, I put the dog on and, yeah. um, you pulled out the short shorts yeah. again. Yeah. Short shorts. <laughs> no. Got your Barry outfit on. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it was just awesome. And at the end of the dinner, he, um, they were taking photographs and he held my hand and he looked at me and he said, you, my dear, are wildly talented. Yeah. And I said, I said, you tell all the girls that. <laughs> And um, he said, he said, no, I don't. He said, I've eaten everywhere. I've been everywhere. And you are talented. And I said, oh, my God, thank God. Because, listen, I had been wanting to be on that Today Show now for 15 years. 17, <laughs> 17 years. 17 years. And, um, you know, I said, I know you've got a lot to do on Monday when you get to work. I mean, you've got those pens and pencils you got to get organized. I said, but as soon as you get all that done, I'm going to need for you to call Matt Lauer and get me on the Today Show. <laughs> and um, so... Anyway, there were so many people there that knew me, and they kept coming up going, oh, my God, Andy, have you met Elizabeth? Now, she needs to be on the Today Show. And um, so by the end of it, he was just like, oh, my God, you know, and had it up to here with me. But, you know, I just assumed that he was just going to run right back to New York and, you know, make the phone call and put me on because he said he was. And um, so nothing. I mean, months went by, at least two or three months. And so I just was not going to let it go. So I found out his home address and I sent him um, pimento cheese and cheese straws and Bloody Mary mix and a notepad. 
and on the outside of it, it was like this little bitty brown notepad that had like spirals on the top. And number one was, it was like what to do today is what it said on the outside. And number one was call Matt Lauer and put Elizabeth High School on the Today Show. <laughs> number two was <laughs> write Elizabeth High School's name on the back of your hand with black Sharpie in case you forget about Elizabeth High School by the time you get to work. So it went this heat, you know, this. <laughs> That's precious. Yeah, yeah, that I wanted him to do, which is hysterical now that I really understand how powerful he is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like sure. Now, yeah, you're just, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he thought I was absolutely insane. And I know for a fact that he did think that because he told me that <laughs> later, years later when I found out what he, he went to go talk to Debbie Kazoski, who's now my producer. And he did say, he said, there is this girl down in Mississippi. And he said, I don't know. He said, I'm sorry. I'm just going to tell you, I'm really sorry, but she's not going to leave me alone. And I need for you to meet her at least, or maybe try to put her on TV. He said, I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm passing her to you. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> hey, I got to know what you, what did you make at that dinner? What'd you cook? Oh, we did. Um, so we started with a cold leek and potato soup, sort of like a, well, it was vichyssoise. And then we did um, stuffed quail, crab meat stuffed quail. Absolutely unbelievable. So these quail, they're semi-boneless, so their breasts are boned out. So all you do is just cut into them. My God, they were divine. And then we finished with a strawberry shortcake. And it was beautiful. It was absolutely gorgeous. And then the quail, we did a um, an oyster and smoked bacon bread pudding that went that went that and it, it was it was pretty exquisite it really was it was it was like the gods came down and cooked it I mean we had pulled every piece of sterling silver out of the Mississippi Delta and it was all over here in Oxford I mean China was brought in the crystal was brought in I mean the sterling silver um little bread plates oh it's divine it was so much fun anyway um and so that so that was yeah and so Debbie Kazowski called me I was driving on the square and um a New York called and of course, New York never calls, and mm-hmm. um, or at least they didn't call me. So I called her back, and um, she had already left for the day. And then she, we set up an appointment, talked the next day, and um, and we ended up talking for two hours. And at the end of the conversation, she said, "Elizabeth, rather than you coming here, I really want to come to see you. I want to come to your farm. You know, I want to I want to learn more about this tomato dinner. And um, you know, so I'm going to send a correspondent down there." And so I didn't really say anything. I mean, I, you know, I just kind of sat there and she was like, well, you know, is that all right? And I said, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. And she said, um, do you know what people would pay to have the Today Show come to them? And I said, oh, Debbie, I'm sure it's a lot. Please, I'm, please don't think I'm not grateful. I said, it's just, I said, it's just that, you know, I have been on this farm for so long and I just really <laughs> would hope to go somewhere. And I said, you know, and the dream was, and she goes, I know, we all know about the dream. 17 years, Matt Lauer, we all know. <laughs> and um, anyway, and so so she said, if you would just let us come down there, I promise, you know, we'll, you know, we'll get you up here to do a segment. So they came down and Erica Hill came and um, they, they did an incredible segment and um, I had all my friends there. We did this beautiful tomato dinner. It was pretty spectacular, and um, it actually was up for a James Beard Award. Ooh. I know, which I didn't know until after the James Beard Awards, but whatever. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely time. Um, and so then we, um, 
guess we were going, we were going to the Auburn game. We were in the prison van because we would take that to the Grove. We would load up all of our chairs, all of our coolers, all of our kids, other people's kids, neighbors, who, you know, sorority girls that were walking down the street in their high heels that couldn't walk anymore. And, um, and so we were going into the Auburn game and I checked my phone and, um, cause I was just about to turn it off and I had an email from Debbie and it said, um, would you be willing to come the week of thanks? Wait, she said, would you be willing to come and do a segment the Monday before Thanksgiving? And do you by any chance have a turkey recipe? Get out. Where to God. Nobody knew about that turkey except for me and Jetsy and Jesus. That was it. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm serious. And it's funny because I could I had really almost kind of forgotten about the turkey part of this. I'd become so focused on that. And Jetsy called me when 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 I texted her when she found out and she was like, Oh my God, Elizabeth, you remember that, don't you? And then it all kind of came back. I was like, Oh my God, you're right. It was the turkey. Isn't that nuts? It's nuts. It's just nuts. <laughs> I'd been focusing on this turkey and me and that, and I hadn't even really, that had not been the focus. Anyway, and so that was my first segment, and we went up, and we did it. All of my, you know, Sarah Burden, who works with me, went, and Morgan, who worked with me, all the kids went, Luke went, and, um, you know, we did the segment. I did the Thanksgiving turkey. I did it in three minutes and 15 seconds, and, um, and then that was it. I mean, I thought that was it, and... So we went tavern on the green and, you know, had just the greatest time. And then we took the kids shopping. And so I, they were in the dressing room and I was standing outside and I checked my phone and it said, Elizabeth, we love you so much. We have to have you back. Can you come on Wednesday? <gasps> and then the girls, they, she said, we want to do a segment that's like, you know, has the whole family on. Would you, would the girls be willing to come on? And I was like, yes. You know, immediately I emailed back, Yes. And she said, would Luke be willing to come on? And immediately I emailed back, yes. And she goes, I know you did not ask him. That was three seconds between the time that I asked that question and you answered. And um, I said, well, let me tell you one damn thing. He'll do whatever I tell him to do. He has had me on a vegetable farm and prison van, and he, he's fine. <laughs> he owes me. I know, exactly. So we did that. So that was so that was the next segment was that Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And, um, and then after that segment, she said, Elizabeth, we really love you. And we want to have you back probably about once a month, every six weeks, something like that. Um, you know, and it just, it's, it still absolutely blows my mind. Um, you know, how God's dreams for us are so much bigger. I mean, mine, just, just getting on once was mine. I could not, no more have ever thought about anything bigger than that in the world. Um, but it's just, it's just, it's amazing, you know, if you just kind of turn things over and trust that it is going to happen. I knew just as sure as I was sitting there on this chair that I was going to be on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I had no idea how, and there was no reason in the world that I should have been. I mean, I didn't have an agent. I don't have a publicist. I mean, I don't have anybody. I still don't. It's just me. And, um, you know, and it just, it, it's just, it's, it's kind of, you know, the great thing about it is that not only is it the most fun thing in the entire world and I'm obsessed, but it reminds me every time I'm starting a new project that I'm scared to death of, you know, that it, well, hell, if I can get on the Today Show, I guess this is going to happen too. You know, I mean, I guess that'll work or, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's pretty amazing what it's done for me in so many other um, areas of my life. So anyway. Well, it's so, I've called it a few times that you've been on there and it's so fun to see you because it feels like, you know, the South has gone 
to New York. It, it feels like my aunt, really, it feels like... Southern in the city. My Aunt Elizabeth is there, honey. She's t- teaching them how to do <laughs> cheese straws. And, you know, I'm going to pour myself a cup of coffee and, and watch her. Because it, it is. It's just so familiar. And it, it makes me proud, mm-hmm. you know, that you're like, you're one of their people. It's just, it's well, awesome. I can Cora would be on TV and she had a Southern accent on mm-hmm. the Food Network. And she was a woman and she was cool and... Oh, and she, you know, and her, she's from Jackson, Mississippi, yeah. and you know, her uncle lived in Greenwood, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh my God, it's, you know, yay, Kat, you go, you go. Yeah, it's like country's so, come to town. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's super fun. Is there something that when you, you know, being in New York with, with Matt Lauer, that he's like, honey, we don't eat okra here, you know? Was there some sort of food that you take from the South? What did I, wow, God, what did I do one time? And he said something about, oh, he needed his Lipitor if he was going to taste that. (laughs) Oh, I know it was. It was dude dip. It was a Super Bowl. I mean, of course you're going to do something that's horribly fattening. So it was Rotel, and then I took taco meat, and I sunk that down in the middle of this big vat of Rotel. And then I put guacamole on top of that, and then sour cream, and then chopped tomatoes. And so it was like this just... It was like, that was like the meat island in the middle of the sea of cheese. Fantastic. And he was, I was like, no, taste it. And he was like, oh my God, I didn't need a Lipitor before, you know, or whatever. And uh-huh. it's fine. But no, I mean, they don't, he, he would kind of give me a little bit, you know, back and forth on stuff, but he was really the only one. Everyone else knows that Southern food is right. by far, you know, I mean, yeah. there's no, and then they all know it. Yeah, they do. Why do you believe that in your soul? I mean, you've been everywhere. You've seen all kinds of stuff. We've read your resume. You did all this stuff overseas on cruise ships. I mean, we know what you've done. Why? What is it about the South? Isn't that funny? Um, because it, it, there, it's it's so hard for you to put your finger on. You know, I mean, exactly what is it? Is it because we believe in this food? Is it because it's the food that our grandmothers fed us, that our gra- great grandmothers fed us? Is it because it's a part of our heritage and that brings us back to these wonderful, familiar places? Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know exactly what it is, um, but I do know that there's hardly a northerner that wouldn't agree that Southern food is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's the and bacon grease. <laughs> no northern food. You know, I mean, Boston has their little thing, and this person has that person has that, and you know. I mean, it's, but there's no Northern food. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, of course. For New York, or it's clam chowder for Boston, or it's Maine, it's lobster. But there's no one thing, like in the South, where fried chicken, mashed potatoes, macaroni and cheese, fried okra. I mean, you can find that pretty much anywhere in the South, except for Florida, and we don't count them as Southern. So, you know, I mean, yeah. that's that. Yeah. I mean, well, it's just so much soul, you know, it just, it, it's that bite that can take you back to standing around your grandmother's, you know, stove and you're just instantly transported there. Yep. yep. It's just like a great song, you know, that, that can take you back. I mean, you can smell it, you can see it, you can feel it. Um, it, it is, you're right. It's just, it's the best, absolute best. So what year was it when you started with the Today Show? Um, I am going on my fifth year. Gosh. And so in the middle of all that, you were writing your books and your cookbooks. You've got four now, correct? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So after a year of being on almost, almost 
at the the one year anniversary, Debbie called and um, asked if I would consider becoming a the Today Show food contributor. So now I'm signed and contracted. So, yeah, baby. Uh, I get a you know a little check and yeah, girl. Um, I get up and you know I mean it's it's um, pretty crazy. So that's I've been doing that four years, five years being on the show, and um, God, it just I'm so unbelievably grateful. Anyway. So with that came the books, Southern Living, Sid Evans, who's, um, you know, a friend that I'd known before from social things. Um, he reached out to me and said, you know, I really want you to be a part of Southern Living. I want you to be some way connected to us. So we did, I went up and we did some webisodes and I did some um, Facebook things for him, Instagram and did some videos and, um, and then they took me to lunch with um, the head of Oxmore House Books. And they had this concept for a, a book called What Can I Bring? And they were looking for somebody to write it. And, um, and I had written a small book with a friend of mine called Somebody Stole the Cornbread from My Dressing. And, um, but she wrote that. I just contributed the recipes. And so I, I kind of tried to explain to Sid that I really didn't think that I was right, that I could write. I mean, I, I can't spell pit if you spot me the P and the T. I mean, <laughs> I've already told you that did not do very well in school. And so he said, look, he said, it's, it, that's okay. I mean, we can, we can get somebody to help you write this. That's not it. We need you. We need your personality. We need your recipes. And so um, he said, why don't you just try writing the first chapter, do these head notes. This is what I want. And then we'll see. And so I wrote it, and thank God I had Sarah Burton edit it and type it because I don't know how to type either. <laughs> and um, so because I just I didn't ever take typing because I wasn't going to be a secretary. I couldn't imagine what in the hell I would need that for. Right. Oh my God. I mean, the choices that I made in life are absolutely hysterical. <laughs> but anyway, so so he read it and and I didn't hear anything back. And then he asked for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing of the book. And I said, Wait a minute. I said, Did you? Did you read what I sent? He said, yeah, I read. He said, you're a great writer. And I said, so I can write? And he goes, yeah, you can write. You're fine. <laughs> and um, so anyway, so that, so that was it. So I started with What Can I Bring? We did that. And um, it, was a, it was a huge success. It was a, a major bestseller and unbelievable. And then right after that book came out, they asked if I would rewrite the Southern Living Party cookbook which is um, their, it was their most popular book they had ever done, 1973. And it was a great book. If you can find a copy of this on Amazon or somewhere else or an old, you know, used book, you got to get it. I mean, there are more than three or four different places that they talk about smoking etiquette, you know, like (laughs) make sure that, you know, if your ashtrays look like, you know, uh, if if you're, if you're worried that they aren't going to recognize the ashtray, go ahead and smoke a cigarette and put it out and leave the butt in it so that they'll know exactly, you know, make sure that you always offer menthol and regular cigarettes. Like it was the funniest hysterical. And, um, anyway, so, so we read, I did that one. And so almost a year, well, it was a year after, um, the Southern Living Party cookbook came out and, um, and we promoted that. And then Time Inc., who is, you know, owns everybody. So Time owns all, you know, People Magazine, everything mm-hmm. they own. Southern Living, uh, Coastal Living, they owned Oxmoor House, they owned everything. They were bought by this company called Meredith. Well, Meredith had never done books. Basically, it was like one huge publishing house buying the other one. Are y'all familiar with this? No, I know about Time, but I don't know about Meredith. 
like, okay, so think about it. So if there's People Magazine, then Meredith owned Us Magazine. Yeah. And if um, Better Homes and Garden, then they owned, um, you know, whatever, blah, blah. It was, they, they, but Meredith had more money and was bigger than time because they also had television stations. They had tons of them. So regardless, they bought it and then they shut down the book division. So I had a book concept that we were just waiting on Southern Living to take. I mean, Oxmoor House to, to pick up. Um, but everything kept getting pushed back, pushed back. We couldn't figure it out. Meredith was, you know, dragging their feet. Kind of, anyway, regardless, it shut down and all book deals were, um, were halted. And so then I took my concept and I did get a publishing agent and I mean a, a book agent and took the book to New York and went and met with about six big publishing houses and um, and then finally ended up I got offers from from all five houses. Yeah, girl. And, and I know it was so good. And then went with HMH. So Hardcore Mifflin is writing it, and it was supposed to be out in October. But now they've pushed it back, and it'll be out in May, and it's called Come On Over. I love it. Y'all come on over. Come on over. How many times have I said that? Y'all come on over. Mm -hmm. So it's good. It's good. It's already done. Like, all the photography's done. I mean, my part's done, and I have the pages. So I have the book. It's just, like, flat. Like, they Xerox out the pages. That makes sense. Yeah. So I have pages, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, I think it's going to be pretty special. I'm, I'm real proud of it. Because this book, I, I did every, I mean, I didn't do everything, excuse me. I had a lot more control. I mean, I picked the photographer. I picked the stylist. Um, we did all the recipes. We shot everything here. We worked for 14 days, I mean, 16-hour days getting that book shot. I mean, I've never, ever, and I work hard. I mean, I work like a dog. Clearly. I, I've never been that tired in my, I mean, Sarah Burton and I, we would just look at you and like, oh, my God. I'm so tired. Keep <laughs> and because of my pace, I do everything really, really fast. And um, and so they're they work on a slower pace, but it was making me crazy. So we were, you know, speeding everything up. Anyway, it was just it was it was nuts, but it was so fun. And um, and I just I had the best photographer Angie Mosier in the entire world, and the best food stylist Tom Driver, and um, we just we had them all. That's so, so fun. Yeah. It's a really beautiful, beautiful book because of them. I can't wait for that oh, one. Yeah. I know. I, I can't either. It's going to be, I mean, especially with it being delayed, you know, it'll it'll seriously be like Christmas when that thing comes out. <laughs> yeah, that's Perfect. amazing. It's good timing. I know. So you've got your Bloody Mary mix. You've got the debutante farmer still happening. You still cater. You've got your books. You're still the Today Show contributor. Are we missing anything here? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So much. So, is there something that you would say to yourself back when you were first started with your baby in the in the you know and your friend in the prison van in the prison van about what's to come? Any advice that you might give yourself? You know, it's funny. I I always felt like there was a reason. It's it's interesting. I mean, I've I've always had sort of a clear idea on. I've always understood that you know when you're going through trials, when you're going through hard times. Um, you know, when things are new and they're scary, it's, you're always going to be able to use this lesson later on. I knew when I was going through that farm in that first year of hell that one day it would, it would propel me. And, and, it, and, it, and I mean, cause nothing scares me. Mm-hmm. I mean, after that year, there is nothing on this planet that scares me. Um, 
you know, and, and same thing like with starting instead of flowers. I mean, instead of flowers was the exact, I mean, those were all the recipes that I used for what can I bring? I mean, it was the same exact thing. All that came back again, um, you know, and, and with the farm and with the Bloody Mary mix, um, you know, it, it's just how everything just continues to build. So, you know, nothing that you're doing, nothing that you're going through, I mean, it will all be used for good, even if it doesn't feel like it right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's some good advice. And I, that sometimes when you're in it, it's a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. And I can feel, if I look back and really sit and think about those, those that year on the farm, I mean, it, it can, I mean, it can, again, take me to my knees. It was that hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, anyway, it has definitely, you know, I'm not scared of anything anymore. Yeah, I love it. Well, before we let you go, we like to do a popcorn round with our guests where we just ask you a quick question and you just answer back with the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, God, I don't know if you want to play that game. We do, we do, we do. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, what is a Southern must-have on your table for dinner? Mayonnaise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, who's your favorite Today Show host? Oh, no, you know I can't do that. Through the um, years. Hoda. Who do you have a soul connection to? Hoda. 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 I, I said she'd say that. Mm-hmm. I said yeah. Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, if you could go anywhere in the South for one meal, where are you going to go? Charleston. What are you going to have? I'm going to Leon's. I could live at Leon's. O- Oyster I bar. could live at Leon's and never leave. It is my favorite place on the planet. And it's cool, too. I've been. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, and when I know literally when we go, we stay for about eight to ten hours. Can you give us the secret ingredient in your Bloody Mary mix? I can tell you what's not in it that makes it so fabulous, and that's additives and preservatives. And that's the deal, that it is exactly what you would make at home. And I'm not, I mean, I know it sounds like a sales pitch, but it, it has, and it has less sodium than any other one. Because, you know, my thing was, I love to drink Bloody Marys. I, I want to drink them all day, but I get so swollen. Mm-hmm. I can't get my eyes off. And my eyes, I mean, I, I can't even, I mean, it just can't even open my eyes. And this has less sodium than any other one on the market. And so I can drink these things all day long and still get my rings off. Okay. Get my rings off. All right. So your book, What Can I Bring? You know, when we ask that, oh, y'all come over. Y'all come on over. And then the next question is, okay, great. What can I bring? Right. What What should we be bringing? Uh, you know, not only should you, you should always bring food. I mean, right. always bring something that you, if you have time to make something it does make a difference. People remember it. Um, you know, but if you don't, the one thing that you want to bring is an incredible attitude and, you know, being gracious and being grateful that you've been invited. You know, it, it's funny when, when, and, and this is the same thing for me. So I know if it's for everyone else, I'm in this business and I still get nervous before a party. Mm-hmm. I've done parties for 24 years and, you know, you want to be that guest that comes in that notices something and says, you know, that couch is absolutely beautiful. Or, my God, I mean, look at this beautiful napkin that you pulled out for us. Thank you so much. You know, or anything. I mean, my, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, the one that compliments and, um, and that really makes the host feel at ease. Obviously, it's really the host's job to make you feel at ease. But, you know, you want to do that for your host or your hostess as well. Because, I mean, you do. You get nervous. You're 
you're opening yourself up. You're being vulnerable by, vulnerable by having people over. And, um, you know, and, and it is, it's, it can be tough, but it's so rewarding. Yes. Being a guest is just as important as yes. being a host. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. Wow. And a nice attitude. <laughs> That's right. Elizabeth, do you have a favorite spot on the square? St. Leo's. Hmm. I've never yep. been there. What's that? You need, y'all need to get in the car and come on down. Okay. We're bringing you. <laughs> it really is. Emily Blunt owns it and she's just about the coolest cat in the world. And, um, this restaurant feels so good. It's just, it is all of my favorite things. She's, she has something else. It's like, I mean, we feel like we're in New York when we're there. Mm-hmm. I love that. It. Yeah. Go to the website and to the Instagram. Okay. Okay. Last thing. I, I know your daughter is, has just become a Mississippi State Bulldog. Yes, we're so proud of Patsy. <laughs> is there any part of Have you bought Maroon yet? Have you bought, have yeah. you, you got some? Remember, I told you I went on the SEC tour. That's I right. I stop over there at Mississippi State. So, I mean, there's hardly any school that I didn't go to. So, I did go to start. Well, I am thrilled she's back there. And I have not owned any Maroon lately, but I did go buy a T-shirt. And I have a Maroon T-shirt. That's good to know. I'm I'm a Mississippi State graduate, and so I love that she's there. She'll have a great time. Oh, honey, she is having the best time until she got COVID and had to come home. But it's <laughs> <laughs> a story of every freshman this yeah. year. She's so funny. Anyway, she's just—I mean, she is counting down the days. Yeah, bless her. Well, we—it has been such a treat to have you on today. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Just adorable. Sarah Vernon, I need to get back to Jackson. Please. And come on. And we're going to come to Oxford and go yes. out to eat. You're going to yeah. And stay at the graduate. Yeah. 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 Graduate. Go to St. Leo's and we will have the best time, I promise. Call Listen, me y'all. Oh, we Stop. will. We're so proud of you. And you just keep oh. doing, you keep grinding out and that using that Southern grit and just keep making the world believers that we're the best, we're the best place in the world. We are. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, I think I could have talked to her all day. All day long. What? And just listen to her. What a scream. We didn't even yeah, have no, to talk. We didn't talk. She talked. <laughs> she talked. <laughs> what a scream. Oh, my gosh. Okay, if things were not sold out at the Nordstrom sale, right. I would be on there right now looking for some berry shorts. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably not because in the t- it sounds like she got them from the teen department. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, that story is hysterical. I mean, I... What makes me laugh so hard is that is such a Southern woman. Oh, yeah. She's been driving around in a van without air conditioning. A prison van (laughs) with bars on the windows. And she's like, I'm selling these tomatoes. Get them sold. Whatever. Dadgummit. Yes, exactly right. (laughs) She was like, I prostituted tomatoes from one end of the state to the other. That is so hilarious. Oh, my gosh. And like, I can totally picture her doing that, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No shame. What I love about it, too, is when I see the segments of her on the Today Show, she's a total Glamazon mm-hmm. on the Today Show. Now, she is, I mean, she is not changing one thing about the way she talks or what she says, unapologetic, anything like that. She looks like a total babe. Yeah. But it's like, she is the real Southern woman. I mean, she is like, I'm in my workout clothes. I'm going to get it done. Yeah. You know what I mean? There is no doubt of the hustle and grit that she has, and I I love it. Mm-hmm. She was a scream. I also liked how her story kind of came full circle. She and her friends sitting around Jensie. Yes. Um, and just like talking about that turkey hout. 
Um, uh, Martha Stewart hadn't have anything on my grandma's yeah, like, turkey. Boring. Put it in a pillowcase. <laughs> yes. How crazy is that though? To like say it like that mm-hmm. and believe it and like claim your own truth, and then they called her the Monday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Bring that years turkey. later. Yeah. You wouldn't happen to have a turkey recipe? She's like, I've only been talking about this for seventeen years. Yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. I just that makes me just feel like there is something there's, over us. Oh, like, there's we, power in words. Yes. Yes. There are power, yeah, 100%. for sure. And I mean, just like she said, I mean, God's going to do it whenever mm-hmm. he gets ready. Yeah. You just got to know that it's going to happen. It's coming. That makes me think of like when I was growing up and people would say, what are you going to be when you grow up? And my sisters were, they're all super smart. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like, I'm going to be a scientist. Yeah. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be an accountant. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be, but I just know that at some point in my life, I'm going to walk through an airport and people are going to know my name. Mm-hmm. And want check a check, mm-hmm. and I'm also going to be in Southern Living. I don't know how, when, where, or why. No, but we're going to be in Southern, Southern Living. living. So we're going to be in Southern still Living. Still, like I want to be in Southern Living. We're going to be. So I'm saying it. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. Say it Southern. It has to be in Southern Living. I yeah. mean, it just that's it's it like fits. two peas in a pod. <laughs> um, what about when she talked about the mayonnaise? That that was the Southern staple. Every Southern table. Do you have mayonnaise in your fridge? I do. I have several different kinds, actually. But I'm not... The funny thing about that is I'm not a mayonnaise eater. Mm-hmm. But Jason is pretty particular about... You know, so this is... I mean, here's the thing. If mayonnaise is in something and, like, I don't know it or it's in a dip, even if I do know it, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I'm not adding it as a spread to my sandwich. Right. Now, do you have a particular mayonnaise that you like? Not me, but Jason does. He does. Yeah. Yes. So he puts it on everything, like turkey sandwiches. Uh, if it's there, he'll put it on. He'll put it on hamburger. Ooh, yeah. Ew, ew, <laughs> ew, ew. Ooh, David. See, I don't mind mayonnaise on cold things, but like I would never put it on a hamburger. Like cold cuts. Yeah, I could do it on that, <laughs> but not like a hot hamburger. Okay, like a beach sandwich. Are you adding mayonnaise to it? I'm not going to add it, but if it's there, it won't bother me. What do you mean there? If it's already on the sandwich, you know, like I'm saying, hand. if you make a beach sandwich. Oh no. Mm-mm. What are you putting on mustard? A beach? Okay, yeah, mustard. He loves mustard. But too. now, if I'm making a tomato sandwich in the summer, like a BLT, it, yes, it has to have. Well, I don't do the. Well, I like the B. I mean, bacon, no, bacon, and tomato. Okay. <laughs> I leave off the L. The lettuce. <laughs> leave off the lettuce. It needs lettuce, <laughs> right? Just some mayonnaise on there, but I have to have mayonnaise on it. Okay, just to like make it make wet. It a, no, just to make it a like a BLT. Just southern. Yeah, you got to have mayonnaise on it. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm, I'm not that I'm a. Yeah, I guess I'm a pretty picky eater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now I would never put like Miracle Whip or anything like that's different. Okay, see, I don't know that. What is that? Miracle Whip mean? has got, it's like a sweet, tangy mayonnaise. It's not even mayonnaise. I don't even know if it's called mayonnaise. I think Miracle it Whip. is. I is think it? it's spread. Ew. I'm not a Miracle Whip person. <laughs> I wish I could see Sarah's face right now. She honestly is looking like she stepped in something. Her but nose people, is all crinkled up. Very particular. But people do love that Duke's mayonnaise. No, that is apparently like the southern mm-hmm. nectar. Mm-hmm. I love homemade mayonnaise, too. I'll put that, like, a dollop of that on something. At, um, at, what is it, eggs and oil? Mm-hmm. That's it. And, like, a little paprika on there to make it pretty. Okay. Mm. I don't know how to make it, but my grandmother sure did. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got to find that recipe. But I do think that is something Southern, like, you know, she's talking about her grandmother's recipes. I think every Southern woman needs to know how to whip up some mayonnaise. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that one, so I'll have to do that. But I can do some homemade biscuits. Oh, yeah, you can do biscuits. Mm-hmm. That's, that's chocolate gravy. You're going to be able to do biscuits or mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> what What do you do? 
Uh, I'd probably, well, neither. <laughs> Get those out of the can. But I would probably do uh, mayonnaise before I would make homemade biscuits. Yeah. Well, there's so many good alternatives to homemade biscuits, like Callie's, for example. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other ones like Miss Mary B's that are delicious. Oh, I don't know about those. Oh, yeah. Those are frozen at Kroger. Miss Mary B's tea biscuits. They're, t- they're about that they're oh, about okay. big as half dollars. Oh, yeah. Now, um, we could do like a morning biscuit party and get her Bloody Mary mix. Okay. Wouldn't that be fun? I love... Well, let's do that on our getaway. Oh, yeah. Let's have biscuits and Bloody Marys one morning. Yeah, I'm not going to whip those up. You're not going to whip biscuits up every No, I will order those from like Southern Cafe <laughs> okay, or something. Okay, there we go. Great Southern. <laughs> but better. no, not going to whip those up. But yeah, I mean, that's... It's the perfect beach spread. Mm-hmm. So I've given the Bloody Mary mix as gifts before. Mm-hmm. And it's cute to like, you know, do a little kit with celery and, you know, and some cute little accoutrements with it. Yes. It looks so cute. All all done up. I think Garden and Gun Store carries it and probably carries her cookbook too. Now, I want her cookbook. Mm-hmm. What can I bring? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it has like great appetizers and like... All of her signature stuff. See, that's what I love, an appetizer. Oh, I know. I can whip up an appetizer. Me too. <laughs> cheese straws. Mm. I love a cheese straw. Have you I ever a made cheese a cheese straw? Yes, I have. Me too. Yes, I love a cheese straw. That makes me think of Christmas. A cheese straw and a I real a Coke. Straw. Yes. Mm. Delicious. Nothing better. <laughs> <laughs> Making me hungry. But that is a cute, you know, in her book, like, what can I bring? Bring her Bloody Mary mix. Yeah. That's a really cute idea. So do you, have you ever had her mix? I've never had her mix. And see, I'm surprised because I love Bloody Marys. Okay. But now I can only do one. Like she was saying, you know, it's, they're so salty. Yeah. And they, you know, I don't know, one is one and done. I usually use that, um, is it zigzag, the Bloody Mary mix? It's mm-hmm. kind of spicy. Mm-hmm. That's what I usually use, but I'm going to get some of hers. Yeah. No preservatives, no additives. Mm-hmm. I mean. Because I add all that stuff in mine. I love like. Pickle in there. Do you I stick, love some pepperonis some, in there. You pepperoncinis in there. Yes. See, I could. That's like having a salad for breakfast. I can do it. I can do all that. Well, I don't really eat it all. I just like the way it looks. <laughs> I like the celery. I'll eat the celery. You know who you sound like? Who? Our friend Allison Demarcus. <laughs> Have you watched the show? Yes. Oh, can no. we please discuss? Yes. I actually sent her a text and I said, if your little boy Dylan goes missing, yeah, he may be at my house. What a doll baby. Oh my gosh. I had tears laughing so hard. He's so funny. And the whole time I kept watching, I was thinking, is it because I know them? Like I know her mother, I know her sister. Right. Or is it just that funny? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny. And Allison is, is just, she seems really herself. Yeah. In the show. Mm-hmm. And, um, I like that they're all like giving her a hard time. Oh, like her sister and Jay kind of like almost like team up against her. Yes, <laughs> but she doesn't care. Uh, uh-uh. she's she, definitely. I'm only like three episodes in. Yeah, yeah, but um, well, you know, when we interviewed her, she was talking about that spray tan, her yeah. drink, her yeah. signature drink. Yeah, the sun kissed. Uh huh. And so that's like then all the rage since the show aired. She was drinking a sun. I mean, a spray tan. Yeah. In the bathtub. Yeah. And now, like, everybody's wanting to know what a spray tan is. What a spray tan is. Mm-hmm. She said that was her signature cocktail. She said she made. Which, that's, it's just so funny to me because she does not seem like a sun-kissed drinking kind of a woman. No. You'd picture her with, like, I don't a know, martini. Like a martini. And, uh-huh. Or just, like, vodka. 
Just straight vodka. <laughs> like, like Elizabeth said. Yeah. When she would drink vodka with ice cubes on the porch. <laughs> yes. And like some beautiful gold goblet is yeah. what I picture Allison drinking. Yeah. Not sun-kissed. I know. In so, a wine glass. In a wine glass. So I think that's so funny. It's pretty funny. On ice. It's I wonder on what ice she too. drinks when she goes to a restaurant. I bet. I, I mean, you know, like yeah. if when when one drink is like your drink like that, I mean, what do you... You just don't drink you when di- you go out. No. Water with lemon, please. Yeah. You don't have sun-kissed here? No, thanks. I'm out. Um, but did you know that there are certain drinks that you can only get in parts of the South? For example, my uncle loves sun drop. Sun drop? Sun drop. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can only get sun drop. Like you can't get it in Mississippi. Mm-mm. So my mom purchases sun drop for them like eight cases at a time and takes it down to Mississippi when she goes. Oh my gosh. Yes. But there are things, okay, there's a certain kind of chocolate milk that I loved called Purity Chocolate Milk mm-hmm. in Nashville. Yeah. Purity's all, we don't have purity in West Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I cannot get it past Dixon. And Poncho's dip, Poncho's cheese yes. dip out of Memphis. Yes. That's Same with Poncho's. Listen. <laughs> If you ain't Take poncho, me back. if you're not, if you're not eating poncho, that takes me back to college. People, my Memphis friends, when they'd go home, they'd all come back with back. ponchos dip, and it was like after a break, that's all we were eating. <laughs> <laughs> Call the Memphis friends, bring up your ponchos. Um, yeah, I, I know, and that, I think that's what I mean. I know that that's kind of a crazy caveat to get back to what we were talking about, but when Elizabeth was talking about her food, that's what makes the South the South. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, nobody cares like we care. Mm-mm. Nobody, you know, has that soul yeah. connection to food, the way that we have a soul connection to mm-hmm. food. I mean, okay. I don't know one person, one Southern person mm-hmm. that cannot name one thing that like makes them think of their grandmother. Right. Makes them think of a holiday. Reminds them of a Reminds particular time. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's always something kind of weird. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this tomato aspic makes me think of my grandmother with homemade mayonnaise. She yeah, had homemade mayonnaise on there, a little dollop. Chicken and dumplings. Chicken and dumplings. Uh-huh. Like she said, fried chicken. Yeah, such southern staples. Yeah, I love fried okra. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a good thick breading. Oh yes, and nobody can make it like my grandmother no, can make it because she's got this cast iron skillet that came over on the Mayflower. Mm-hmm. Same thing with her cornbread. Nobody can mm-hmm. make cornbread like my grandmother's cornbread. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm, I would give anything for that right now. I know. A good piece of cornbread, hot with butter all over it. But they can. But that's same with my grandmother's homemade biscuits. Like nobody can duplicate that, you know. So it just you have to love it while you're in it. Because when they, you know, pass away, it's mm-hmm. just you do your best you can, but you can't get that back. Mm-mm. You can't. Made with love. All right, so what are you whipping up this weekend then? Has she inspired you? Has uh, she inspired you to cook? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's inspired me to drink Bloody Marys. Okay, so maybe there you I'll go. be doing that. Do a weekend. brunch. I'll do a brunch. There you go. You make some biscuits. I'll, I'll bring make the Bloody some Marys. biscuits. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in with us today, Elizabeth High School. We love you. We want to be your best friend. We're coming to Oxford to that's, hang out. That's right. Bye.